welcome you sexy goddess to the sweetest little life. I am your host, Courtney Hansen. I'm an author, yogi, Reiki master, and hypnotherapist specializing in trauma. My passion is to bring you wisdom each week with amazing guests to spark integration of all parts of yourself, to nurture your spirit, stimulate the mind, and love your body just a little bit more with each episode that drops. If you love this podcast and want more amazing resources for spiritual growth and holistic healing, make sure to download our app, The Sweetest Little Life, or head to the website, thesweetestlittlelife.com. Grab your favorite cup of tea or throw on your yoga pants and head for a walk while we hang out for the next 30 minutes of Soul to Soul Connection. Today is a juicy episode. I'm dropping two episodes tonight because tomorrow's my birthday and we are celebrating with a little podcast binge. Anita Navarre is a provocative, etchy artwork celebrating sex positive diversity and capturing the real character and perception of individuals in a very, very positive, amazing way. There's more though. Anita's story is so, so interesting and you will be on your toes the entire episode. That is a promise. Today we're talking about how she survived a cult and the power of transformation and how she left with her children having no idea what she was doing and built a life of her dreams and is living her destiny and she used art as her therapy to truly liberate herself. We talk about how to release fear and shame, the power of transformation, and really celebrating authentic self-expression and sex-positive diversity and what that means. So stay tuned and buckle up, Buttercup. Here we go. How are you? I'm fabulous. Thanks, Courtney. Thanks for having me. Oh my goodness. I've been really looking forward to today's episode and just hearing about your story. And Vanessa has told me just amazing things. So really pumped about today. Me too. I've been looking forward to meeting you as well. So the Uh, feeling's mutual. All the good energy flowing tonight. Definitely. Okay. So what time is it where you're at right now? It is now midday on the dot. Love it. And where are you joining us from? Australia. I'm on the beautiful Sunshine Coast. You know what's amazing? So much Australia has come up for me today. I have a client (laughs) going to a beautiful retreat in Australia. I had two Australian clients today that were from Australia and just moved here um, just temporarily. So yes, I'm 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 feeling like I need to be go visit there or something. Yeah, you're channeling Australia. Well, if yeah. you're here, come and visit me on the beautiful Sunshine Beach. Oh so. my gosh, yes. I may not leave. <laughs> it's right. It, it's like being on holidays all the time here. It just oh. doesn't feel like real life. <laughs> yeah, I know. You'd have to pick me out. I'm like, that's yeah. what I'm saying. I'm moving in. <laughs> Yeah, because you love the beach as well. I've seen you mm-hmm. frolicking around with your beautiful kitties in the ocean, and that oh. speaks to me. The ocean is just my savior. I love it's it. Where I feel free for sure. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. same. Yeah, I could never live far from one. There's no way. No, no, same. Uh, so I love to hear stories. I want to hear all about who you are, your journey, what got you doing the work that you're doing today and what that work looks like. 
Yes, well, I have a really interesting story and um, even sometimes I look back on it and just pinch myself at the journey that I've had. So at, at the moment, I'm actually an uh, erotic pop artist and so I paint these beautiful big portraits that are kind of like Andy Warhol but with a kinky twist and they're really about celebrating people and their quirks, their kinks, their beauty. I'm an LGBTQ advocate as well. And I just, I see such beauty in everybody and it comes out on the canvas. And I love to celebrate that. And I love people to see the beauty in themselves. And look, this is a journey that I never ever saw that in myself because I grew up in a doomsday cult. And so my early, early background up until my mid twenties, I lived in a very, very dark world and it was full of fear, shame. I was never allowed to express myself or really even discover who I was. You know, mm. in terms of sexuality, that was a major taboo. So we never got to explore or just, just even be a normal teenager and, you know, have a boyfriend or anything right. like that because we were always in trouble. Anything to do with self-expression or sexuality we were in deep deep trouble if we expressed it and we were ostracized we were punished and so I grew up in this world and it was very dark but I was also very creative deep to the core and as a youngster I always remember I was creating constantly whether it was coloring in or making things or entering coloring competitions I just couldn't stop myself. It was deep in my bones. But because I couldn't express myself, I was never allowed to really grow that creative side of me either. And so fast forward, I married into the cold as a teenager. I was living in a domestic violence situation where my husband was abusive. I had two babies at that stage. So my first daughter was born at 20 when I was 20 and my second daughter when I was 21. And I got to this stage in my mid-20s where I started to really fall apart because I was so miserable and unhappy and such a broken young woman. And yet mm. I was trying to be this mother and to give love to my, my daughters and I wanted something better for them and I didn't want them to grow up like I did. But I was caught in this trap where I was scared to leave because we were told that Everybody on the outside of this cult were evil. We were going to die if we went out there. Oh, and gosh. Yeah, like the world, it was doomsday, full doomsday. And so the world was going to end. And if we didn't stay in the cult and do what we were told, we were going to die and perish. And if we went out into the big bad world, we were, we were going to live a life of misery. So it was kind of like better the devil, you know, even though I was really unhappy to not sure what was going to happen if I left. But I got to this point where push came to shove and it was the, a lot of things that happened with my husband where he tried to strangle me and I was just so broken that mm. I was willing to take the risk. <laughs> so, yeah. so I ran away. It was like a, a one-weekend decision where I, I'm, I'm out of here. I packed all my stuff secretly. I had a truck turn up when my husband went to work. I threw it all in and I disappeared with the kids. And I, yeah, and so I started, it was almost like an angel tapped me on the shoulder and that's when I started to get these inklings or started listening to my intuition and something else outside of me mm. and I created this whole new world outside and I was all alone because when you leave 
the cult, you have nobody, your family cuts you off, you, you're dead to them. And so I had to create a new life, new friends and rebuild. And what happened is I started to paint. And it was therapy for me because I was able to express everything that I couldn't growing up mm. and get it out on the canvas. So it was very healing. And then what happened is it just became this big, beautiful beast that I lived and breathed. And it, it went from being a healing thing for me to inspiring other people and celebrating and helping other people. So it's been a really big journey, but really fulfilling and I don't regret at all. You know, I'm not definitely not in victim status. I wish I'd never grown up in a cult. I'm actually really grateful because all of those experiences I had make me the artist and the person I am today. And my children have these beautiful, beautiful lives and they yeah. didn't have to grow up like I did. So, yeah, it's like I said, it was a journey. <laughs> so many questions. <laughs> okay, I don't yeah. even know where to start right now. Yeah. Wow. Well, one, talk about turning a mess into a message. My gosh, like, that's incredible. And, and to, you know, you, you hear about things like that. And I feel like it's like a shock factor. It's actually much more common than what people think. It's not something that's super rare. And there, are, there are a lot of places like right under us, right? We have no idea. And so tell me a little bit about being exiled from that. What was that like for you? Did you were you able to know, like, these are my boundaries, and this isn't healthy? Or at the time did that was that a process for you to really step out to, you know, okay, the world isn't going to go get me and attack me and I'm safe. And yeah, look, there was a couple of experiences of being exiled. And I actually, before that time I ran away, I had actually been kicked out by, um, they call them the elders of the cult. They're the people that, that oversee it. And I had, they were not happy with me because I was starting, even before I ran away, I was going through a bit of a rebellious stage, whereas don't tell me what to do. And I started doing things that were against their rules. And so what happened was, is they punish people and they kick you out. So you essentially um, excommunicated, everybody treats you like you did. And it, it's a form, the way that they do it is so that when it happens to you the first time, you're too scared to go out into the world. But, and what you end up doing is begging for forgiveness to come back because you're so lonely and there's nothing there for you. You're in limbo that mm. you... You just want to go back, even though you hated it, you've got nothing else. And that's what happened the first time is that I was exiled for a year and I clawed my way back because I was so lost. But the second time round, even though I was scared to go out and I, I made the decision to leave this time, uh, I wasn't forced out, I, it didn't take me long to get back on my feet. There was still a little bit of fear because of everything that I had been indoctrinated with about the world being evil, but it didn't take me long to work out that that was just a lot big fat lie. <laughs> so right. It, yeah. So the second time around, it was actually really, I took great delight in approaching the elders of our cult and saying, show you can shove it where the sun don't shine. I'm out of here. Ah. Um, <laughs> Liberating. So, yeah. Yeah. So there was a lot of freedom in that for me. And I think if I hadn't have been excommunicated the first time, it may have taken me longer 
but I had something, I had a comparison. I had something to reflect back on. Yeah. So did your girls know what you came from? Was that something that was openly spoken about or what did that relationship and dynamic look like? Yeah, they, they don't remember much of it because they were, I think the youngest, she was three at the time and the, the one before was nearly five. So they have vague memories of it. So, but we talk about it openly and they, I mean, they're nearly 30 now, both my girls. So they're, they're adults and living their own beautiful lives. And we talk about it all the time and they're extremely grateful that I left when I did and they didn't have to grow up like that. Um, and I think it will make more of an impact once they have their own children to mm-hmm. actually realize, yeah, once they become mothers. <laughs> Things change then. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. And yeah. because I'm very, having had those experiences, I'm extremely open and accepting and non judgmental and supportive of them in whatever, whatever they want to be, whatever they want to do. Uh, whereas my reality was completely different. I was told mm-hmm. what to do, what to say, what I could and couldn't do. I was so restricted. So there was no freedom. Uh, and they have that. And they're so grateful for it, which is good. So I know it, as much as the whole, like there was 20 years of trauma for me or, or more, maybe even nearly 30 uh, by the time I pulled myself together. But I wouldn't change a thing because it taught me so much in how to give them a better life. And now I have an amazing life too. Yeah, absolutely. What was it like dealing when you first left? Cause I would imagine you really went through two huge losses and transformations in your life, right? Like leaving the cult and leaving a marriage that was like the last safety thread, right. To that. And so yeah. what was that like? going through because I know for me like different journeys of my life it's been like these different shames and these different guilts that have just been dumped on and carried and heavy what did your healing process look like and what did you do to really move all that energy out okay I'm thinking back to that all now the first thing I did and I know that it in some spaces it could be considered destructive but for me it was really liberating I went out and I did everything that I could possibly do that I was told I was never allowed to do. I partied hard. I um, relived my youth. I went to music gigs all the time because live gigs, because I was told I was never allowed to listen to certain types of music. So I went, I experimented and experienced things that I had been repressed around. Mm -hmm. And yeah, and it was, while I was doing it, there was this guilt, like, oh, my God, I'm going to die. I'm going to be struck down dead. <laughs> I'm doing yeah. it. Like, you know, I'm Lightning's coming. Again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so I had to, like, I got over that, but there was that still, that guilt and that fear and that shame that was shrouded so in the shadows, like in my ear, as I'm out having fun, going, this is awesome. I love my new life. The little voice is going, oh, you know, you're going to pay for this. <laughs> um, so that the was little the, devil. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, so once I got that out of my system and look, that probably only took me three years and I, I'd relived my youth. I'd partied hard. I'd experienced everything I wanted to, been there, done that. And then I moved on to that next phase. And um, the next phase for me was really looking at myself because when you're partying and you're drinking and 
I mean, you're having a great time experimenting with drugs or whatever you're doing, you're not really reflecting at mm. who you are, you're not inwardly anyway. It's, it's, I look at it now is I was really, yeah, I was living my freedom and my youth, but I was also putting a Band-Aid on the pain because I didn't want to feel anything that had come from the past. And so once I'd got the partying out of my system, I then started doing the inner work and I started doing a lot of self-development and reading and realising that it was all about what was going on inside of me. And so I started mm. dealing, yeah, with my triggers, my pain, discovering more about the truth of who I am, releasing any of those old beliefs, fear, shame, guilt, and realising that that just wasn't even true that, and getting rid of any limiting beliefs behind it. So the second half was the inner work, um, which was extremely powerful. And that's, I mean, that's a lifelong thing. I'm always doing it. I'm almost a, a junkie to it now. I love it. Yeah. What has been the most powerful healing modality that you've worked with yet? Healing modality. For me, it's been the meditation and getting mm. quiet because, and I found that really hard to do at first because my voice, and especially being creative, creative people, and I'm sure any creative person can attest to this, uh, our brains just go nonstop. I mean, you're creative with the things that you do. And so getting that stillness of the mind and getting rid of the chatter has been huge for me. So to sit down for me, and it's really simple. Oh, cute little voice in the background. I'm so sorry. He doesn't know I'm recording. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. Gosh, I'll edit this. That's okay. I remember when my kids were that little and cute. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so for me, it's been the journaling every day. So sitting down, what I do when I wake up in the morning is I do my gratitude. Um, I do my affirmations. I have my quiet time and just sit, even if it's just 20 minutes and go within. And that sets me every day, resets me. And I'll, if I'm not falling asleep at night or if I'm not uh, in the studio painting and really involved in it, I'll do another meditation before I go to sleep. Mm, and I love, I love that. that. Yeah, it's been extremely powerful. And the other thing that's been really good for me, and it was at the time that I was in my lowest of lows, because I've had some really dark times through this journey processing stuff. And um, I found, get, and this is where the ocean has been so powerful, just getting in the ocean, just floating and just tuning into my senses. What do I smell? What do I see? What do I hear? When it's sunset and I'm swimming, looking up at the sunset and just knowing that I am one with everything in the universe and that the universe has got my back, that has yeah. been a big one. Yeah. That's huge. Mm. I love that you talk about getting quiet too because I feel, you know, one of my favourite quotes ever and it really hit me when I first got sober was that when we are so used to chaos all around us or when we're so used to all these things happening that peace feels like boredom and for me I really struggled with like what was being still and what was being lazy and bored because I used hyper productivity to as a trauma response and they still kind of do that in a way yeah. but you know yeah as we go but you know yep. that stillness part like I really have to force myself throughout the day like okay how am I sitting like guilt-free and not feeling bad about sitting for a minute and just being and noticing what comes up for me and tapping into my body like it's uncomfortable shit 
<laughs> it is. It is. And I agree with you because I have moments too where when I'm still and the little voice in my head goes, come on, get up, you lazy bitch. You've got shit to do. Like, yes. why are you laying around? <laughs> You're wasting time. Let's go. And then I pull myself back in and realise, oh, actually, this is really good. <laughs> this is what we need right now. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that yeah, so, inner dialogue. Yeah, that's right. And I look, I don't think it ever leaves us. It's just knowing how to, it's knowing what it is and mm-hmm. dealing with it healthily. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. Which is a process for anyone listening. It is a process and it's normal to be a process. <laughs> Yeah, and that's why I know for me in the past, uh, when I have turned to say um, a void, like a Band-Aid to fill the void, it's because I haven't wanted to to feel it or look at it. Uh, whereas I find out it is harder to look at it, yeah, but gosh, it's so much more rewarding and it gets easier and easier, which is good. It does, it does, right? Like it just feels more natural over time. Yeah, yeah. And calm. <gasps> Calm. Yeah. I feel like I used to have moments like you were saying of this hyper productivity and always on the go, this like nervous energy. And there was never any calm in there. I got used to living in stress. And um, the calm now is so beautiful. I'm still busy and productive, but it's a different feeling and a different energy. Absolutely. When it's not all scattered, mm. chaotic. Yeah. You know, I, we've been working, my daughter is eight and, um, she's a very big personality and, uh, <laughs> she likes to talk A girl can talk my God. And we're really working on, cause the energy is just like always like waking up at a 20, going to bed. Like it never comes down, like no matter what she does. So we've really been working on per, what space looks like, like how you hold a container of space for yourself and how you hold a container of space for someone else and how you hold your thoughts instead of just like, you know, when you come to mind. And it's yeah. so interesting because I, I, I look at her and I remember being like that when I was younger, but no one ever told me that like, hey, boundaries, little child, like you can't always be talking over people, you know, like. And so it's, yeah. it's fascinating to me to get them to understand it and watch her little wheels turn and like her catch herself now and be like, oh, I'm not holding space for someone. Yeah. And isn't that beautiful that you've done the journey and can share that with them? And that's what I love when you do the work. It has that knock on effect for generations. Mm. And I love that. See, I never had that guidance either. And yeah. so being able to give that to your your children and then they pass it on to theirs. Oh my goodness. It's fabulous. Yeah, that's what breaking generational curses is all about, right? Yeah, the yeah. Baby steps. We fuck up, they do better, then their kids do better. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> so I love to give people really tools for their tool belt on the show. And so is what are your top three tips for anyone? Just feeling stuck right now are really, you know, shame is a yucky feeling to be on repeat on, you know, on that hamster wheel. What are your top three tips for really getting off? My top three that worked for me is to realize that uh, I didn't, I can change anything. Like my past doesn't define me. And we have in every moment a, a choice to change it so um never think that it's too late 
or that you're too far gone or it's unfixable or you're broken. It's just make the choice now to go, okay, well, what would I like? How, what would I like my life to be? What would I like to be? Where would I like to go? What would I like to do? And just start exploring and, and understand that you can change anything. You can recreate yourself. And I've recreated myself so many times now that it gets easier and easier each time I do it. But I realise we, we don't need to stay stuck where we are. We can, we can change it. Mm. So that's my biggest one. My next one was realising that we are all unique and, you know, out of the billions of people on the planet, not one of us is alike and we're all here for our own purpose, whether you know what that is or not, but you are unique. And so shine as that unique person we don't need to, and this is one thing with me, is I used to always compare myself to other people, but that, you know, that, that person's doing it better or they've got a better life and I'll never be able to make it. And, and then I realised, hang on a minute, this is, this is my journey. So realising that we don't need to compare ourselves to anybody. We don't need to live up to the standards of anybody. We just need to create the life that we want and live it authentically. So when we don't need to live someone else's story or or please everybody else because for me, I used to do things because it would make other people happy or I didn't want to disappoint somebody. Uh, so And then I realised I didn't actually have to do that and I didn't need to get permission from anybody to live what I wanted to live or be what I wanted to be. Yeah. So that would be my second one is don't compare yourself and just carve your own path. Um, third one. I think it would be to believe in yourself, which follows on from the second one anyway, is to really believe in yourself because the inner journey is, and I used to have these visions that I was going to be this, you know, I wanted to be a celebrity artist and I wanted to be the next Andy Warhol. And, and then I would look at where I was at and think, oh, but that's never going to happen. That's just a dream. Uh, so I didn't actually believe what I used to see it as a fantasy and then when I started believing in myself and tapping in because we all have this beautiful power we're we're powerful beings we're Mm -hmm. spiritual beings yeah and we don't realize how powerful we are and when we start doing that inner work and really believing in ourselves and seeing ourselves from a place of beauty and connection and realizing that we are all one in the in in this universe we are all one and we all have that beauty and that power mm. then when you start believing in yourself the the it, it stops being a fantasy and you actually realize hey i can do that i can be that and it becomes a reality and that's yeah. what's happened with yeah and that's what happened with me is that my art went in leaps and bounds and it, it, it's headed in the direction that i used to think was a dream just because I started to do the inner work and believe in myself. And your art is incredible. My gosh. Like, oh, I was thank I was you. Peeping it all. And I was like, this is amazing. <laughs> and it's it's the essence of it. When you tap into the essence, when you start really feeling things, because when I was numb to everything and I didn't want to feel anything, it's hard to tap into energy around like your own energy energy around you other people's energy like Mm -hmm. the energy just even in in nature because you it's it's dulled down 
But when you when you are liberated from that and you can feel that energy, you get the essence of everything and that just comes out in everything you do. So for me, when I talk to people and people I don't meet, and I'm just so used to it now that I don't even blink, but they always say to me, oh my God, I just love being with you. I love talking to you. I feel so good when I'm around you. And they tell me that I radiate like magnetic, some sort of magnetic energy. And I'm like, hey, I'm just being me. <laughs> But that's like, yeah, like, thank you so much. That makes me feel really good. But I'm just so used to now being me and really feeling everything around me and really so in tune with myself that it just comes naturally. So people, you're magnetic when you reach that space and everybody can reach that space because I was in the most broken of broken spaces where I just didn't want to get out of bed. I didn't want to live anymore. I used to wake up in the morning and wish I hadn't woken up. Um, So to where I am now, anybody can do that. It's it's definitely, you just believe in yourself and just go for it. It's it's not easy, but it's worth it. I know Nike was onto something when they came up with just do it, right? Yeah, yep. A friend of mine actually has this saying, she says, the law of Goya. And I said to her when we were in conversation, she's actually a Bob Proctor um, uh, consultant and I did some work with her a little while ago Susanna Mihailovic she's lovely and she has this law of Goya that she tells you about all the time and I'm like what's that and she's like get off your ass <laughs> <laughs> so I every time, that. yes I always think of the law of Goya you can do this to get off your ass <laughs> that is amazing <laughs> yeah oh that's perfect I needed that tonight <laughs> right you meet people along the way and you share all these little tidbits and lessons and you just inspire each other and hanging around people that really lift you up that would that's another thing is who you surround yourself with really impacts on what you think and how you feel so Mm -hmm. yeah when I stopped surrounding myself with because I had gotten out of victim mode and you know victims love um, people who are victims because you tell your stories together and you're on the same wavelength. But kind of a little trauma mean, bonding. Yeah, trauma bonding, totally. And I used to love a good trauma bond. I was oh. stuck in that for years. Yeah. <laughs> and now when that happens, I just like my just I repel it. My energy repels it. I mm-hmm. I'm out of there. I don't want to, you know, as much as I'm happy to, to talk about things, I don't want to stay in victim mode with um energy where it's it's that toxic energy so I love being around people that can talk about stuff that's happened to them but we're all on this mission to do wonderful things in the world and inspire people and and live our best lives and it's so uplifting because absolutely horrible stuff going in the world but you don't need to get involved in it there's a lot of awesome stuff in the world so get involved in that it's so much nicer (laughs) couldn't agree more yeah no, it's it really is about and it's it's interesting too as you get on your healing journey I know I've noticed I'm sure you have too like like you were talking about with the magnetic energy like what you start attracting changes like there are certain people that I'm sure I would have attracted now that when they see me because I don't align with them energetically <laughs> right like so I used to be the woman that like yeah. I was so broken that at a grocery store the broken lady that was having the bad day would come like trauma dump on me and I'm like uh huh uh huh like listening <laughs> to it all now they don't even say anything so it's like you know when you when you walk with that 
energetic boundary and you walk with that magnetic energy, you know, like attracts light coming down to just, you know, the law of the universe. Totally. And it's all about vibration, how you vibrate, Mm. what frequency you tapped in into. Um, That's what you attract. And so I was listening to, um, I've got a lot of really beautiful mentors and they talk about the law of attraction and they say, look, that's not even the main thing. It's the law of vibration. Like, what are you tuned into? That's what are you vibrating at? Because that's what you attract. And I, that's been such a powerful lesson for me to feel into. Where am I? What, how am I feeling today? What is my vibe? And mm-hmm. it's not to say we're going to be flying high all the time, but we're more in tune with yeah. where we're at and our thoughts and our feelings. And, and if we start to go down a path that's not so great or a bit dark, we know how to change it really quickly. Yeah, Absolutely. It really helps me too to think of three things I deeply love, not like cheese stick things, but like real things that I love deeply, right? Like when I'm on an off vibration or I'm like in this fierce state, if I can just come home to three things that I love and like just really breathe through my heart center, that really allows me to kind of, it's such a quick way to just shift, right? Yes, definitely. And that's where gratitude journals are good. And I resisted one for so long. I was like, oh, I'm not doing that. <laughs> And oh my goodness, it is so good because it actually helps you really look at what is what you are grateful for, and mm-hmm. it's so, it makes such a big like what do you love? And my like my first ones I always go to are my kids. You're probably the same. Yeah, and they're simple things. Number but one, beautiful things. Yeah, yeah. Also, the things that put me in fear. You know, it's like a yin to a yang. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no it's always my number one so <laughs> women that want to connect with you and reach out to you or if someone's really going through some shit right now are you open to dms what does that look like for you how can yeah, we get your sure. art yeah for sure so uh i am on facebook and instagram as anita nevar which is last name is spelled n-e-v for victor a-r and I also have my website, which is uh, anitanavar.com. So I'm happy to take DMs. I've spoken to heaps of people, people that are, you know, wanting to leave cults or in situations where they want to more fully express themselves. Uh, happy to chat for sure. And, um, and with the art, I also get a lot of requests for people who want to do private commissions because they want to see themselves in a beautiful way up on their wall and celebrate themselves and their beauty and their authenticity. So, so whether it's art or whether it's just a chat, definitely come and say hello. I'd love you to um, drop in. I need to get an art piece. Yeah. Oh, it's so powerful. When you can look at yourself on the wall in a way that you don't very often see yourself, it's, Mm. yeah, it's huge. Mm. It's so interesting. I, I was just talking to a therapy client. I know we're wrapping up, but I have to share this with you because it's so yeah. what you're talking about. We were talking and, you know, they're just amazing in general, but they don't see themselves like that, but everyone else does. And so we were yeah. talking about like, you know, isn't it interesting that the perception that we have of ourselves is never what someone else sees, the wild woman, the, you know, all the archetypes that other people see, like, and each person sees a different part of us. And so to have that like captured in art is just, oh, magic exactly and you've got it for life you're immortalized for life so (laughs) when um when we move on into the next realm somebody else will be celebrating you on the wall (laughs) so (laughs) having a party yep (laughs) 
Oh my gosh. Well, thank you so much for your time today and just for being vulnerable and sharing your story with me. I really appreciate you. And I know this is going to help so many people. Oh, thanks for having me, Courtney. And I'll be thrilled to be able to help other people. That's what it's all about, empowering and inspiring others. Yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you. My pleasure. Thank you so much for listening to The Sweetest Little Life today. I hope you walk away feeling inspired, feeling a little bit more lighter, a little bit more free than what you were before you hit that play button. As always, please, sharing is caring. We love to hear your thoughts. We love to get feedback, um, guest recommendations, all the things. And if you're not subscribed, hit that little subscribe button before you leave today. And until next time, we will be hanging out soon.